The Kings have wrapped up their five-game road trip and have returned home, now seven games into the season. What do we think about the Kings so far? Let's ask former L.A. King and current longtime radio analyst Daryl Evans his thoughts on the young season. That's next in this edition of Locked On L.A. Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. At last check, we were at 794 subscribers. Well on our goal to uh, well on our well on our way to our goal of 800 by the end of the month. So thank you so much for the support of the YouTube channel. My name is Eddie Garcia. I've worked uh, in sports media for almost 30 years, the past 20 plus years. I've been at the Fox Sports Radio Network, also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years, and of course, a passionate LA Kings fan for over 30 years, which is not as long as Daryl Evans has been a part of the LA Kings organization. He was drafted by the Kings in 1980. He's been the Kings radio analyst for the past 24 years, currently teamed up with the great Nick Nixon on the LA Kings iHeart Audio Network. Daryl Evans, thank you so much for joining us today on Locked on LA Kings. Oh, my pleasure, Eddie. Great to be on here with you, and I uh, hope you're having yourself a great day. Uh, not too bad. Uh, the Kings are back home. We're going to see them in action on Tuesday against the Tampa Bay Lightning. But I mentioned it, a nine-day, uh, five-game road trip where they went three and two. Um, they are three and four overall on the season. Uh, the Kings started off last year one, five, and one. I know Todd McClellan said the Kings need to get off to a better start this year. Uh, so three and four is better, but do you think he's happy with the start of the season so far? No, I don't think so. You know, I think when you look at the record the Kings have, it it's really not a, a reflection or an indication of the way that they're playing. Uh, there's been a lot of inconsistencies in their game so far, be it they've got, you know, twice as many points as they've had last year after seven games of play. You might say they're happy with that, but I think the expectations are higher because of what they accomplished last year. So they have to play a little bit better. I think, one of the good things or one of the you know con, con positive type of things is is the things that aren't going right are things that are within their own control. Uh, it's things they need to clean up a little bit. You know, they're just on a five-game road trip. They saw absolutely no practice time whatsoever. So I know that, you know, Tom McClellan and the coaching staff, they'll relish the opportunity to be able to get some practice time in, clean some things up. It's early in the season, but there's a lot of work yet to be done. But uh, I think the Kings are in for you know in for a real good season. It's uh, it's going to have its peaks and valleys like every year has, but you know right now they uh, they need to get the uh, ship uh, on course as quickly as they possibly can. It was certainly an interesting road trip. We saw a little bit of everything. Uh, it started off with a game that there was 13 combined goals. The Kings won. <laughs> then they they won in overtime. They won in a shootout. And then they played a really great period in Pittsburgh, and they were down 3 nothing. and then they let a lead slip away in Washington. It was quite the mixed bag of, of games that we saw. What was your kind of takeaway just from the whole trip? Yeah, you know, all in all, I, you know, you see it, you know, pretty much through the same set of eyes. I think when you look at the first game, the way that road trip started in Minnesota, you're going into a real tough building, a good hockey club, and the Kings really, you know, established themselves early in that game, building a 3 nothing lead be it they let it slip away, but I thought the character that they showed on a number of occasions in that game to be able to battle back 
and eventually come and win the game, uh, you know, showed showed a lot. Uh, maybe it was something that they wouldn't able to been do uh, early in the season last year. Uh, you know, as the trip went on, you know, the game in Detroit, the next game, you know, it should never have gone to overtime. They had a chance to seal the deal with a regulation win with an empty net goal. That didn't happen. But they, again, they pick up the two points. Nashville being down by a couple of goals, you know, they showed a lot of character in battling back there. And then, uh, you know, the game in, in Pittsburgh, uh, they, they, they did have a real good start. At one point in the first period, they were out shooting the Penguins 13-3. to They had complete control of the game, hadn't given up a lot. And yet you go into the intermission, and you find yourself down by three goals. So that was a tough pill to swallow. Uh, I thought from there, you know, uh, you know, the Kings didn't, you know, weren't able to really get back in that game. In Washington, the first 40 minutes I thought were real solid there. And, you know, you got to expect to push back, you know, with a team like Washington. Uh, they've got some firepower. Uh, they've got some guys that have won the Stanley Cup on that team. So they're going to give you a push. And I don't think the Kings weathered the storm well. Uh, they did fall behind by a goal. They battled back to tie it again. So at that stage, I think you got to find a way to get to the extra period and pick up a point and, you know, whatever happens from there. So a lot of lessons to be learned uh, through, you know, through the course of the trip and really from a lot of different areas. Uh, one thing that has been common through the first seven games is the Kings do have to be a lot better defensively. They're giving up way too many goals against. And in that, they're also taking way too many penalties. And a lot of the penalties that they're taking are in the offensive end of the rink. They're uh, undisciplined penalties, uh, hooking penalties. You know, it's different if you're defending against a goal, but uh, when you're taking them 200 feet away from your net, you're going to put a lot of uh, wear and tear on, you know, on your key players. And Eventually, you know, it, it bites you in the backside, and I think that's what we saw happen. Uh, you know, you look at the success that they had last year. It was all done five on five, and, you know, this year they should be a better team on the special teams with Drew Doughty back for a full season, Walker back in the mix, uh, and then, you you know, add a guy like Fiala that should definitely complement your power play as well, and yet that hasn't been the case early on. Uh, so uh, they've got to clean things up in, in every area of the game, but I think first thing that you can do is start it by taking fewer penalties and reestablish yourself. The identity that this team's had for the last 10 plus years has been a tight checking team defense first. And that's where they, you know, led them to Stanley cups, uh, you know, 10 years ago. That's the identity they have to reestablish. So I mentioned, we've seen a little bit of everything on this road trip, but I don't think we've actually seen three solid periods from the Kings. Would you agree? We have not yet seen the Kings put a full game together the way they need to. Uh, you, you hit it right, right on the nail, right on the head, right there. They have yet to play a complete sixty-minute game. Uh, the parts of the games that they've looked great in, uh, you know, they've looked real solid, and they can compete with everybody. But that's what separates you from being a great team. It's you know the consistency factor. Right now, there's a lot of inconsistencies in the Kings game. You know, on on, on a couple of given games, it's you know like the early games. Kopitar's line was off to a great start. You know, and then with obviously with Arvison who hadn't played. You know, after the surgery he had through the offseason, you know, he got in the mix, took a few games to get the timing going. You know, so the second line wasn't getting the contribution. Then, uh, you know, last game in in Washington, the second unit with Dano, Arvidsson, and Moore, they were outstanding. And, and yet, you know, Kopitar's line wasn't quite where they needed to be. We've seen a lot of energy come out of the Lazat line. Uh, Byfield's line had a little bit of a slip after losing Ayafalo. So there's just, uh, you know, again, I think when it all comes together, everybody's going to be pretty happy with what kind of team this is. Uh, you know, they've got more depth than they've ever had. They've probably got more firepower. Uh, still a little bit of a question is how they're going to be able to defend with the efficiency that they've done in the past, but that's a matter of everybody buying in. And, you know, the young guys that played last year towards the end of the year and into the playoffs against the Oilers, they proved that they can get the job done. So 
Uh, it's just, you know, sacrificing a little bit of the other stuff, especially when things aren't going right. I think if the Kings start from the defensive side of things, they put themselves in a better be- better uh, position to be able to execute down at the other end. Maybe it's a little bit surprising the Kings haven't gotten off to a better start because they aren't really incorporating a lot of new players. Yeah, there's Kevin Fiala. You've got the youngster and Brant Clark, who we're going to talk about a little later. But everybody else has pretty much played together, and, and some of them in the same roles they're playing this time. So I know we can always say it's early, but at what point is it no longer early? You know what I mean? Well, you know, I think it's no longer early, as early as the next game. I mean, you know, you've got to right the ship. You can't afford to, you know, to uh, fall behind too far because with the parity in the NHL, and I remember talking to NHL radio before the season got started, you know, they were asking me, you know, where I thought the Kings would fall and, you know, in regards to how many points they were going to get and things like that. I said, I wouldn't be surprised if they got less points, still made the playoffs, got, but got less points. I said, I expect teams like Calgary and Edmonton to drop off. Even, you know, even possibly the Kings, their point total to drop off. But I expect to see a rise from the bottom. And so far in the early part of the season, we've seen that. Seattle, I thought, would be a better team. And so far they've shown that, that you know, the players that they've had, there's a lot more uh, competing them. Uh, Detroit Red Wings, a team that we've seen that was a team that, you know, a lot of teams got points from last year. They're a better team. So uh, I think it's just going to become a little bit more compressed in the middle. I think the t- top teams are are going to lose some of their points. And I think the bottom teams are going to creep up a little bit. So on any given night, anybody can beat anybody, but uh, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to fall too far behind. And it's not necessarily wins and losses right now. It's more so the way that you're playing your game and Kings haven't played to, you know, to their potential yet at this point. And I know, you know, you mentioned a key thing there, Eddie, you're saying there was a lot, not a lot of personnel change, but I think we also have to understand too, that the Kings played half a season last year without Drew Doughty. Uh, Walker wasn't even in the mix after the first, uh, you know, handful of games. So that's a couple of new guys into the mix. And, you know, and then it, again, Fiala's in there now, uh, you know, Gabe Velarde, even though he finished the year, Byfield, they finished the year. They've got kind of a little bit of a reestablished identity uh, and expectation this year. So they're playing a little bit of a different role than they played last year. And I still think they're, they're fitting their way into those roles, but uh, it's got to happen a little bit quicker than uh, than it is happening right now. You don't want to push the panic button, but you know you go on a five game road trip, you play five games in you know in an eight day period. All of a sudden, next thing you know, you've played thirteen games, then you've played eighteen. A quarter of the season's gone, and uh, mm-hmm. you know you're still looking to uh, to right the ship. So the sooner the better for the Kings. Much more coming up with longtime LA Kings radio analyst and former LA King Daryl Evans in just a second. But first, the numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe Home Security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. Simply Safe protects you with cutting edge security technology powered by a 24 7 professional monitoring agents who call your call you the moment the threat is detected and dispatch police and first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home or can't be reached. Simply Safe can also detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. You can save 20% off your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL to learn more. There is no safe like Simply Safe. We continue with uh, former L.A. King and radio analyst Daryl Evans. And uh, the addition of Kevin Fiala obviously was something that everyone was very excited about. We've certainly seen some great glimpses from from Kevin so far. And the, the, the top line, as you had mentioned earlier, uh, boy, they, had, they each had three points in the game against Minnesota. They each had two points in the game against Detroit. But they've gone pointless in the last three games together. Um, any What has been going right when it's been going right for, for the top line? And what has maybe not been going right when it's not going right for the top line? 
I think right from the get-go, you know, when it's going well for, you know, for that line, um, you know, they've got possession of the puck. They're on the attack. Starts in the face-off circle. Kopitar's been very consistent in that area. He's got great speed on his both sides with Fiala and Kempe. You know, they're cycling the puck in the offensive zone. I think Fiala brings an element that, you know, both Kempe and Kopitar are still getting used to. Uh, you know, he can, he can beat guys one-on-one. We've seen him carry the puck the length of the ice, shoots the puck extremely well. So I think sometimes, you know, maybe like when a player comes like that, signs the contract that he does, you know, he, he wants to make sure that he lives up to his contract. And maybe sometimes he tries to do a little bit too much. Um, and then I think, so, you know, from the guys that are there in Kopitar and Kempe, maybe in trying to bring him into the fold, maybe you're trying to do things maybe a little bit too much. So I think when they really just simplify it and play off each other's strengths, I think that line is at their best. Uh, Kopitar's got to shoot the puck a little bit more. He's got a great shot, um, you know, and, and I think he's always looking to dish. All three of those guys – have the ability to be able to, you know, to score, you know, from from the perimeter. They all shoot the puck extremely well. As I mentioned, Kempe and Fiala have a lot of speed in their game. Kempe's a strong skater as well, as is uh, Fiala. He's got a low center of gravity. He gets in, you know, tight areas, and he's got quick hands. And Kopitar, you know, he's he's more of the, you know, the distributor on the line. He's going to be the one controlling the play, but a big, strong body. So they should spend a lot of time in the offensive zone. Just like to see them in a little bit more of a shooting mode. But in understanding when they are shooting the puck, the guys that don't have the puck, somebody's got to drive to the net because you got to distract the goaltenders. The goaltenders in the NHL, you let them see the puck from the perimeter without any traffic or any distraction on the back door, they're going to save the puck on a majority of the time. So, uh, you know, a couple of more goals from the greasy area for those guys. I think those get those guys going, but they're still building chemistry a little bit early for them. But on the power play, definitely they need to shoot the puck more. All three of those guys who are all, are all on the power play, they got to get back into that shooting mentality. Todd McClellan certainly seems like a coach that is willing to kind of ride a set lineup uh, unless there's an injury or something regarding that. I mean, late in the game, he'll sometimes change the lines up a little bit to try and get something going. But more often than not, he's a guy who's going to send the same lineup out there pretty much night in and night out, at least to this point. Um, is there a certain point when he you, you think he might change things up a little bit, or is it still early in the season where you want to let these guys learn how to play together and then maybe you consider something else if it's not working? Yeah, I think that can happen at any given time. You know, I think, you know, Todd, in particular with the addition of Fiala, um, you, you know, I think everybody expects that he's going to be on Kopitar's side. And you look at the year that Kempe had last year and the, the way that they started this year, that that trio should work together and they should with the, you know, with the tool set, the skill set that all three players have, uh, you know, you have to let them spend time together. You have to let them build that chemistry and what will allow them to grow quicker and have more success is the success of the hockey club. So instead of those guys having to take the team upon their shoulders and grow as a unit, this is where you need the contributions. Now I think the no line starting to take over a little bit of that, you know, that, that leadership, that onus, and they can, you know, kind of give them a little bit of breathing room. You've got to have two and three lines and, and maybe even four. I mean, even last year, the, the line with Lazat, Lemieux, you look how many goals that those guys put up. Kings are at their best when they play four lines, and that all comes back to staying out of the penalty box. When they play with four lines, they can play with a pace, and that keeps those other guys fresh because the Kopitars, the Kempes, you know, the Denos, these guys are on both sides of the special team. That takes a lot of wear and tear, and if you're late in a hockey game, you're looking for a goal – these guys have used a lot, you know, sometimes they're tanks on the, on the, on the empty side and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so you can't put it upon them. So I think the, the, one of the big things for the Kings is to be able to utilize those four lines, to be able to keep that pace. And, 
you know, Todd McClellan alludes to passing the next shift off. You know, you just don't come off the ice and, you know, the other team's going the other direction. You, you, know, you, you go on, the other guys come on the ice and it's a two on one against you. You pass it off. Like if you're in the offensive zone, let's say Kopitar and, uh, and Kempe are cycling the puck. Now maybe Fiala goes to the bench and Trevor Moore steps on the ice. Well, Trevor Moore gets the puck from Kopitar. Maybe Kempe slides off the ice. And so now you get fresh legs, you got possession of the puck, and you start, you know, in the offensive zone, or at least you're going in that direction as opposed to, you know, hanging the guys out to dry down at the other end. So, again, these are just little mental things, uh, you know, mental errors that you make early in the year, just getting the timing and all that kind of stuff back. And uh, the Kings just need to pay a little bit more attention to those things. Well, you talk about other players picking it up in a team effort. One of the real bright spots so far has been Gabe Velarde. Uh, he's leading the team in scoring right now with seven points. What are you seeing from him so far that makes you think that this could be a really big breakout season for Gabe? Yeah, I think it will be a great year for him. Uh, you know, he's got a really good skill set, uh, big, strong body, shoots the puck well, good at hockey IQ, protects the puck well. I think when he was in the middle of the ice, um, a little bit more difficult for him. Uh, not a gifted skater, not that he's a bad skater, but not a gifted skater. And I think by being on the wing, a little bit of a less responsibility in the defensive zone. Todd McClellan was talking to us a little bit about this the other day, that in a defensive zone, he's starting from the top of the circles as opposed to starting from the goal line when he's down supporting the defense. So now when he gets the puck, that distance that he's got to go is a lot less. And especially if you have to do it two or three times on a shift, and then you multiply that over the course of a game, over the course of a road trip, it takes its wear and tear on you. So I think he's allowed to play to his strength a little bit more now that he's playing on the wing. I think he's adapted well, adjusted well on the in the uh, offensive zone on the power play. He's got that net front position where I think he's going to pick up a lot of goals eventually just because of his size, his strength, and his uh, awareness of where he is on the ice and to be able to get on some of those loose pucks with his reach. So he's having a, a real good start to his year. Uh, and the Kings, this is something that they've been looking for, you know, with him a little have a breakout. And right now he's on pace to have a real nice season. But most importantly, I think he's doing a lot of things, you know, even away from the puck, uh, you know, he's checking, working along the boards. He's getting involved in those areas. So he's playing a more of a complete game than he's ever played in his career. And one thing you can tell the minute you see him, you know, when he's out there, he's got a smile on his face, which tells you he's having fun. He's got some confidence underneath him. And, you know, let's face it, when you're, when you're a confident player, you're going to be uh, a more productive player because, uh, you know, you just feel better about your overall game, knowing that the coaches feel good about you, your teammates feel good about you. And right now, Gabe Velarde is performing just like that. Well, we know last year the power play was not good enough, and it was a point of emphasis for this season. And it's it seems like it's in a better place. Um, we're still waiting for it to be maybe a little bit more productive in key moments, but it, the power play looks like it's developing, and again, early in the season, that type of thing. But what have you seen from the power play this season as opposed to the last season, which makes you think that this is something that could be an asset for the Kings in, uh, this season as opposed to last season? Yeah, both sides of the special teams definitely need to be better. The success that the Kings had last year was all five on five. So the Kings addressed that immediately by going out and acquiring a guy like Fiala, who's had a big impact on the power play, even though statistically the power play is probably in a worse position than it was last year. But there are a lot better things happening, more movement out there, uh, different entries into the offensive zone, more time and possession with the puck. Uh, and I think towards the end of the preseason, at the beginning of the season, you saw a lot of that. And we even talked to like Drew Dowdy and, and even Kempe Kopitar, uh, you know, about the power play at that point. They said, yeah, you know, things are going well. And they said, but the opposition, 
you know, they're going to, they're going to, you know, scout it and they're going to see the things that we're doing. And, you know, eventually we're going to have to add some more things to our, you know, to our repertoire. And I think that's right now where the Kings are lacking. Uh, they still have some success out there, but they need some more options out there, a little bit more creativity. And because in this whole road trip, they didn't have one day that they could go out there and really have a practice. They, they didn't have any practices on the entire road trip. So uh, that's something they'll take advantage uh, at home. And, Drew Doughty mentioned on Friday in Washington before going to the game, uh, playing against the Capitals, he said they got to get more guys around the net. Uh, a lot of their shots are coming from the perimeter the last few games with no uh, no traffic in front, no distractions, no second chances. So that'll be something they'll pay attention to. But the power play has got a lot of potential with the personnel that they have. They bring the work ethic in that they play with five on five. And that's, you know, that's just be said for all teams. You know, you've got to match the work ethic of the penalty killers. You think just because you got an extra guy out there, it's going to come easy. You've got to outwork those penalty killers because they're down a man. So you've got to match, outwork them, uh, match their work ethic. And if you do that, that's when you'll have success. A couple more questions with radio analyst Daryl Evans in just a moment. But real quick, check out Game to Game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked on Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysts that only Locked on can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked on NHL, available on the Audacity app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So, Daryl, I have to ask you about Brant Clark. Uh, you know, everybody is, always gets excited about the the new young player on the team. There's certainly a lot of things to get excited about Brant Clark. Um, he's got that nine-game tryout before the Kings have to make the decision on him. He's played six games so far. Um, I'm not going to ask you what you think the Kings are going to do as far as their decision, but what do you think? I mean, tell me your impressions of Brant Clark and, and some of the things he does well and some of the things he still needs to work on. Well, I think right from day one, uh, you know, when – the uh, rookie camp came, the rookie tournament, uh, you know, before the main camp, it was, you know, how's he going to perform here? How's he going to look here? And I think he's answered the bell in, in every occasion. Uh, he had a great rookie tournament up in San Jose, uh, stood out. Uh, his hockey instincts are, are, are real solid. He's got an active stick defensively. He's great when he gets the puck on his stick. Uh, he's got great vision on the ice and he can complement, you know, the players that he's out there with. You know, and then the main training camp, you know, he's not going to be able to do it against NHL guys. And, you know, and then the regular season start. And I think he's fared well. Um, you know, he needs to get stronger. There's no doubt about it. He's got to get used to the pace of the game. And we all learn each and every time we step on the ice, you know, against our opposition, their tendencies and things like that, uh, where, where you need to be. But he's definitely a player that can be a difference maker in a hockey game. He wants to be a difference maker. He's got ice in his veins. He's not afraid to try things out there. And I think the growth to this point, uh, seven games into the season has is, is, is been real nice. Uh, I think he's proved that he can play at the NHL level and how much he can learn and practice each and every day. Uh, you know, he's a big sponge out there. He's absorbing things all the time. Is he going to make mistakes? Of course he is. He's going to make a ton of mistakes. And uh, But that's how he's going to learn. It's, it's what happens the next shift, uh, the next game, you know, how, how you adjust. What do you do the next time you get into a similar situation? And I think he's got the ability to be able to bounce back and do that. So uh, I'm excited from what I've seen so far. I think the Kings have a keeper. I think they've got a guy that's going to play a, you know, a, lot, of, a lot of years in the NHL, and he's going to be a contributor. Uh, one thing I could say that he brings that the Kings have, you know, haven't had a lot of back in the blue line is that creativity and that, that threat to be an offense. So he loves to jump up the ice and join the attack fourth man on the on the rush even in the offensive zone you'll see him down below the goal line then he'll come back out and get his spot back up top so uh you know he'll learn each and every day but uh, i think the king's got a promising player in, in brand clark 
And I have to ask you about the goaltending. I know the Kings have allowed uh, an NHL high 31 goals so far on the season. Of course, they have played seven games, and there are other teams that haven't played as many and haven't had as many opportunities to allow goals into their net. Um, but Jonathan Quick, we obviously know very well. Cal Peterson has seemed to struggle a bit so far. Just your general thoughts on the goaltending at this point. Yeah, I think I think Cal has struggled a little bit. Uh, I thought that, uh, you know, the game in Nashville, he did a really good job battling back when the team was down by two goals, put up a hell of a third period there. And then uh, I think it was in overtime. I think he faced seven shots by the Predators and then it was perfect in the shootout. And that was a that was a, you know, a real good stance for him in that game. Uh, unfortunately, the next game against Pittsburgh, you know, a couple of breaks late in that period, I think just kind of, you know, derailed him a little bit. I still think he's He's still looking to, you know, regain that swagger that he had in his game. And the only way you're going to do that is, you know, with some victories. And you want to be a difference maker in a game, too. So he needs some support of his teammates right now. You know, he's a young goaltender, but he's got all the ability to be able to do so. Uh, Jonathan Quick, on the other hand, I think, you know, his record is not really a, uh, a reflection of the way that he's played. Uh, I think his, uh, he's performed really well in the games that he's played. He's, he's a competitor out there. Um, and I think he deserves a little bit better fate than where he's at right now. So uh, I'm not worried about Jonathan Quick. Um, you know, I think his numbers are going to be exactly where they've been throughout his entire career. He's going to get back up to that, you know, 9-10, 9-15 save percentage, and he's going to give your, t- your team a chance to win each and every night. He's, he's got a lot left in the tank. He's got a lot to prove. Uh, he's also in the last year of a contract, and Last year, I think, was a great taste. You saw you know, what he did going down the stretch. He put the team upon his shoulders, came up with some great games, played solid in the playoffs. And having a taste of playoff hockey, I think, has inspired him to, you know, to really dig in. Uh, I know this summer in the offseason, watching him here at the training facility, he was out uh, earlier than he's ever been in his entire career, uh, getting, his, getting his game on track. So uh, he's committed to do so. Uh, I think once the team uh, in, in front of him, they get everything ironed out, get the wrinkles out. Uh, buy into the defensive part of things, which they're all capable of doing. I think both Jonathan Quick and Cal Peterson, you're going to see their numbers, uh, you know, get corrected, and uh, that that goals against is going to go way down. Daryl, I don't know if you saw the uh, new reverse retro jerseys that have come out for the Kings, but number one, they look amazing, and number two, they say that it is an homage to the miracle on Manchester. Well. <laughs> You, Daryl, scored the game-winning overtime goal in the Miracle on Manchester, so uh, I would think that you would be uh, interested in seeing those jerseys. They, they're kind of a throwback to the jerseys you wore back uh, back at the old Forum. Uh, have, you, have you seen those jerseys yet, Daryl? What do you think about them if you've seen them? I have, and they're, they're, they're pretty sweet. Uh, yeah. I've always had a you know a soft spot for the purple and gold, or forum blue and gold, as we call them. Yeah. But uh, I even know like going around the league and you know when the opposition, when teams come in and it's such a popular jersey because it's so different from from every other, you know, with the color with the color makeup, uh, with the purple and the gold, and and I think they've done a really good job on this jersey. It looks great, uh, and I think it's going to sell extremely well. Uh, it won't be long before we see a number of them, not only here in Los Angeles, but I think you know across the league in different buildings. It's a, I think it's a it's a nice collector piece, and uh, again, a reflection bringing back that 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 old purple and gold is is always got a little bit of a soft spot for me. Yeah, same here. Absolutely. He is Daryl Evans. Be sure to tune in with him and Hall of Famer Nick Nixon on the radio call for the L.A. Kings all season long. That's on the L.A. Kings iHeartRadio network. Daryl, this was awesome. Thank you so much for doing this. Uh, Hope we can check in again at some point in the season and always appreciate your time and uh, all all the time you always give to L.A. Kings fans as well. My pleasure, Eddie. Keep up the great work and uh, I look forward to doing this again tomorrow. All right. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Daryl. Take care. We will do it again, Eddie. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Take care.
You too. Uh, that was awesome. Thank you, Daryl Evans, for that. Uh, of course, the Kings will be back in action tomorrow night at Crypto.com Arena, hosting the always tough Tampa Bay Lightning face-off set for 730. Uh, it'll be broadcast locally on Valley Sports West. Of course, on tomorrow's show, we will have a full preview of the LA Kings against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Also, some news on some roster moves the Kings have made. And also going to take a look at the Pacific Division and how things have shaken out for some of the other teams in the division. Some teams are doing as well as expected, and other teams, not so much. So we'll take a peek at that as well. Uh, if you want to send some feedback to me about the show, uh, we always welcome your emails. It's LockedOnEddie at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E, LockedOnEddie at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at Locked on LA Kings and also Instagram at Locked on LA Kings as well. Thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked on Sports Today. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and the take of the day available on Audacity, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thanks for listening and watching Locked on LA Kings. Go Kings, go.